Hello and welcome to The Book Album, your place for everything related to reading and language. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gens. Now, bookmark that book and let's begin. Hello, hello and welcome to the show. Hello and herzlich willkommen zu unserem Podcast. It is a very gray, beautiful day in Munich. If you know me, you know I like that gray weather. Uh, winter is my favorite season, so it's a little bit tough for me uh, during the summertime when it's all bright and crazy outside and I'm just sweating the whole day. I am so, so excited when we get little rainy days like this in Munich. It makes my heart sing. Uh, to those of you out here who are enjoying the summer, please enjoy it. It's been a rager out there um, and I... I'm holding out hope that at least some people enjoy the very hot, sunny weather. Today we have a kind of unprecedented topic, but I will say not entirely unprecedented because we did do an episode on this very topic a long time ago. I combed through our back catalog, which is at relevanceofliterature.com slash back catalog. Um, that might redirect you somewhere uh, to a different back catalog because there are three back catalogs at this point. I did one for every hundred episodes. So we're currently on our third back catalog, moving on swiftly, um, maybe next year sometime to the fourth back catalog, episode 300 to 400. Amazing. And we have done several episodes about topics like how to read 52 books a year, um, how to uh, read faster, like those kinds of topical themes for the podcast episodes. And I'm sure that I talked about speed reading, at least on some of them. In the first hundred episodes, a lot of my content was scripted. And so I would prepare like three to four page single spaced script and I would perform it on a podcast. Uh, every week and I did that consistently until I realized that the episodes I wanted to expand their length in a lot of cases especially if it was a larger type of book like a book by Charles Dickens I didn't want to have to write 20 pages of script you know some podcasts do that like lore is a very scripted podcast that really works that format really works for the uh, audience and for the topics because it's more of a history oriented podcast but this podcast while there are still some scripted segments like some parts of the analyses of various books a lot of times it's me <laughs> talking about the various aspects of a book that I found noteworthy or that I found connect to other areas of literature that's a little bit more not opinionated always but a little bit more free and our audience seemed to agree we tended to get a lot more views on episodes that were a little longer, less scripted than the episodes that were purely root and <laughs> scripted in that way. I try not to perform the scripts as if I was like on a stage or something, <laughs> like as if it was something that I was reading. Um, and I think that to varying degrees there was success there, but at the same time the scripts were something that um, helped me get started a lot of the times, but often didn't help me when it came to the meat of an episode really get into the details. All that's to say, we did 
some episodes more recently, in the last year or so, about week 45 of reading, week 9 of reading, all of these sort of week check-ins throughout the year. Because I'm still reading a book a week, so 52 books a year or so, sometimes more, sometimes as last year, uh, as in last year's case, less, um, we're doing some weekly check-ins to just see how I'm doing with reading, how much I'm reading, what I'm reading, how I feel about reading. Week 9 of this year was pretty rough because I wasn't enjoying reading, and a lot of the books that I was you know, kind of gravitating towards or the books that were being thrown my way were just very unenjoyable to me. So I've remedied that, but um, a lot of these episodes where I talk about getting slightly behind or the months that I read a lot more, so August and December and January are the top three months where I read a ton. Um, I often talk about speed reading in these sorts of episodes. So I'm going to take you back to the very beginning. When I was in grade school, my brother, who has ADHD, started to get severely behind in reading. How behind, I'm not sure, at least a grade level. In order to start working on the process of diagnosing ADHD, in some places you have to be a certain grade level behind in reading. So we were highly suspecting at that point that he was a candidate for an ADHD diagnosis. and. In the meantime of getting his diagnosis, because he was still quite young back then, he's younger than me, um, he uh, was going to remedial reading classes during the summer. Um, and so one summer in particular, it was the first one that he was going to have to do something like that to catch up in school. He basically told my our, our mother, I'm not going unless Mackenzie also goes. And so here I was, I was already a grade level or two ahead in reading. Uh, he has strengths that are way, way different than mine, as is the case with a lot of siblings. Um, I had to do a summer reading course, except for the fact that my reading course was like a middle school, high school reading course in grade school, and his was the remedial course. So. That is how my brother and I both ended up going to summer school at the same time for reading. His reading course, I think, was a lot more boring than mine. <laughs> I thought it was fabulous. There were a lot of um, really, really interesting like articles and books that we were reading. I met some a lot older but also very interesting people. The teacher was great. No complaints. And one of the core topics in that course was speed reading and reading speed. So these two terms are similar but unrelated. Reading speed is just literally how fast you're reading, how many words per minute you're reading. You can calculate your reading speed if you read for one minute and track how many lines in the book that you're reading and multiply the number of lines that you've read in one minute by seven, that's about the number of words per minute that you've read. So we have been, uh, we did in this class do a couple of exercises for what to look for when you're trying to improve your reading speed, because a lot of, in a lot of cases, the other fellow students in this class were preparing for things like the SAT or the PSAT or other like reading, state reading exams. 
things of this nature and they needed to have a certain reading speed in order to just get through the test in the amount of time allotted. And so we did a couple exercises looking for nouns, looking for verbs. These are pretty much the most important parts of any sentence because especially in English, when you have a subject verb object kind of structure a lot of the time, there's um, certain pinpoints that you can look for when you're reading. And that can really help your reading tempo and your reading speed because your brain starts to learn how to anticipate what's going to come next or the associations between words. So for example, if there's any sort of verb preposition associations or noun verb associations, a lot of the time your brain will just learn how to pick that up automatically when you're reading. The similar but sort of unrelated topic of speed reading is what happens when you knowingly omit certain types of words or certain phrases from your reading pattern in order to read extremely fast. And so there's different types of speed reading, of course. I'll link a couple articles in the show notes about speed reading so that you can get a general better sense of what I can tell you as a former speed reader. <laughs> Um, but essentially what I did when I started speed reading, um, I needed it for necessity a lot of the time. I went to a college prep high school and I also went to a very demanding university with a dual degree program. Um, so I needed to use speed reading, quite frankly, um, to get by and to have the time management work out for me. Um, Later on in my college experience, I ditched speed reading altogether, and I'll talk a little bit about that towards the end of the episode. With my case of speed reading, I started speed reading in that very class, <laughs> and it takes a really long time to develop, so it wasn't like I was done with the three-week class and all of a sudden was a perfect speed reader. That's not the case. You really have to practice and hone because it's all about training your brain to recognize certain things when you're reading at such speeds. And so, like I said, nouns, super important, verbs, super important because those are the drivers of the sentence. You're really not knowing what's going on unless you have some sort of agent and whatever action that agent is performing or, you know, if it's passive tense, what action is being performed on what agent. Like you need at least some of the specifics in order to get by in a passage. Um, and especially when I was taking standardized tests and things like that, what I would do is I would do a speed read through of the, the entire thing, whatever it was. And then directly after I would target read certain passages. So that was, that ended up being really helpful because I could get a general sense of like, okay, this passage is about biology and about cloning different animals, right? And then I would be like, okay, there's certain studies, right, that you can um, tell by the format of certain um, words or of certain information when you're reading what kind of information it is. So that's also really helpful with speed reading because you get a really good general overview of the form of any passage or the form of any text, as well as any um, things that will stick out from the text. So if there's any citations or if there's any like studies that are cited, if there's any titles of other works inside the text, if there's any summaries of certain information in the text, 
Um, if there's like an anecdotal element in the beginning of a text that often stands out quite a bit when you're speed reading, if there's any quotes, that kind of thing. So you're kind of getting a big like from a thousand miles away an overview of like what that aerial perspective could look like. And that was really helpful for me because the way that I like think and the way that I work is very like intensive and getting that like big aerial view of a text or of a project before um, I started to target read it was very very helpful to like give me that distance, help me take a step back from it, help me think about it a little more objectively first. Oftentimes on tests I would get really worked up, like not in a test anxiety sort of sense, but just like you know, kind of like, oh my gosh, there's so much information, like, I have to really, like, work, 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 and I would often work so intensively that I would start to skip things or forget things or something, and so one of the strategies that I developed was to use this speed reading as a way to get that, again, objective thousand-mile perspective on something, especially during, like, a reading portion or even a math portion with those, like, text questions with math, before getting down into the nitty-gritty kind of helped me just like center in on that problem. I think for me, especially when I would speed read texts for college, what I would do is something extremely, extremely similar, which is I would read the entire text, whatever it was, you know, like John Adams or like <laughs> any, any number of, you know, like Russell or any of the any number of the like great linguists that I was reading in college um, I would speed read but then I would target read you know then I would detail read um, and it's I think that's one of the things with speed reading that's misconstrued a lot of the times and something that I, I too don't communicate super well when I say like People ask me, like, how do you get through so many books in a year? Or how do you get through so many podcasts in a year? And I always say, oh, like, I, um, sometimes I will implement speed reading. And to that, to them, it often means, oh, you just read everything super fast and only get a general idea of the text. And for speed reading, that's often true. Um, but I leave out the part entirely of, I go back and target read I go back and specifically read the speed reading actually helps me cut down time on that first read on that first detailed read in other words so I often kind of leave out the very very instrumental part to speed reading which is that you have to go back and get some information on the back end as well so in terms of speed reading how that has developed um, like I said, even when I used it in high school and college, I would basically use it as a first general overview of the text. And then right afterwards, I would go back and I would either read the entire text in a slower, more detailed pace, or when I was speed reading, I would mark important passages. Um, and you can tell what's important by the text format. A lot of times, especially with you know, if you're working at English literature or German literature or what have you, a lot of these texts are sort of culturally produced and so there's these like text patterns and if you can um, reliably identify what type of text it is, whether it's a scientific text for example or whether it's a satire slash parody, whether it's um, more of a fictional text like a short story or a novel, like a lot of these texts have just kind of patterns to them and you can really 
use that knowledge and use that information to target certain passages after you're done speed reading. So that's what I would do a lot of times in college because of the um, either antiquated language or very subject heavy language, technical language, what have you, I would have to read the entire text again in entirety just to make sure that I was getting what I needed to. And yes, that does slow you down quote unquote quite a bit, but again, like at least for me, I found this general overview that speed reading provided um, to be instrumental and very helpful to the second read through. I'm going to talk about my relationship with reading now and how that has changed and developed alongside my relationship to speed reading. So over time, um, of course, you know, from <laughs> grade school onwards, right, that's a really long time um, to talk about the relationship with reading over, but um, one thing that I will say is over time in general, my reading speed, reading speed, has gotten a lot faster. And so my typical reading speed is a lot different than it used to be. Um, I was never a slow reader. Um, I remember reading like Dick and Jane and some of those classics like Magic Treehouse and stuff as a kid. Um, I was never ever slow, like goosebumps. I would like throw through those books in like a night <laughs> um, as a kid. But I do remember um, that there were points in my uh, educational career uh, at which I started to get a lot faster with my normal reading speed and that started to help out a lot. I remember when I first started reading 52 books a year, I was implementing speed reading quite a bit, but then the second year that I was doing 52 books a year, so that would have been 2017, I didn't have to implement speed reading as much as I had the previous year. Um, and that was indeed the year I think that I read like 72 or 75 books, which is pretty, uh, pretty insane. I look back at that and I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> so I did get naturally faster at reading and I would say that in terms of the speed reading, I don't have to implement it as much as I used to anymore. Um, a lot of the times I still read a text twice, but it's around the same amount of time or maybe it's around the same amount of effort that I would put in before. Um, also my relationship with education has changed a little bit. I'm a lot older now, I've had jobs, I've, you know, I have a, just a different, like, education is not my entire life as it used to be. And so I will say, like, in terms of the amount of time that I put into a text or into a reading, the strategies that I use are different because the way that I view my time and the way that I view what I need out of a text is different than it was before. I don't need every single little detail out of every text. Some texts, that is of course still the case. I'm a master's student, so there's a lot of texts where I have to deeply engage with them. Um, but sometimes if it's just like an intro article into the subject of a class, like yes, I need to figure out what the main topics are, I need to figure out uh, what the examples are, what the details are, so that I can start the class effectively, but do I need to understand every single, like, preposition in the text? Probably not. Um, so I think the way that I strategize, the way that I target with reading, um, is necessarily different, and, you know, of course, like, 
that relationship will continue to change, uh, especially as I get into uh, PhD work potentially in the next year or two uh, and finish up my master's, write that master's thesis, all of that. My relationship will definitely change. In, in terms of more recent developments as well, uh, I can't speed read it in German. Um, so this is one thing that I think has really started to switch around my relationship with reading towards a more like slow and targeted approach. I do think there's a lot to be said for and a lot to argue for that speed reading generalized approach, like especially like those exams. Um, that we all had to take standardized exams in school. Uh, I still recommend uh, that type of reading for any exam. So even my German exams, I'll like get kind of a touch point view of a passage before um, reading it more in a more detailed fashion. Um, but I would say that I'm not able to use the exact same methodology as I am with English speed reading. In German, I just am a slower reader in German, um, and I would say that learning German, learning Czech as well, has allowed me to become a better reader in English, um, but that's not necessarily the case the other way around. So I think the better reader I become overall, the better reader I will be in all three languages. Um, but the English, I would say, is the one that sort of gets supercharged the most. I will say, though, I am better at reading in German uh, than I was when I took my exams for grad school. Um, at that point, I was doing pretty, pretty well, reading a lot of like novels and things in German. Um, but after I took my college exams, after I moved here, of course, that... Um, I don't want to say immersion because immersion is a very loaded term, but after I moved here and started getting a lot more interaction with the language, the reading necessarily followed suit. So I think there is something to be said for the amount of contact and the amount of activity that you have in that language. So because a lot of my typical like coursework and other readings is in German, uh, I don't speed read as much in general anymore. Even with my 52 books a year goal, what I'll do instead of speed reading, I'll choose shorter books to read, uh, which is kind of, I know it's kind of a hack. I'm going to talk about this in an episode soon um, about like how my 52 books a year has changed and like how what I read has changed. But um, I will say that the amount I speed read in general, again, is just like very, very little, very minimal right now at the moment. We'll see when I have to take my uh, Czech language exam how that goes and if I'll have to start training speed reading a little bit more again. Um, but yeah, I really only deploy speed reading very, very particularly now. Um, for example, I read a book recently called The House of Mirth by Edith Wharton. You probably know Wharton from The Age of Innocence, which is her like sort of magnum opus, if you will. Um, and there were parts of that that I definitely had to speed read because of there was a time limit. It was for a book club, and I really wanted to finish it before the book club ended. But again, it was 
speed reading along with very detailed targeted reading at points. So I'm not sure, again, you know, how much my relationship with speed reading has just become my relationship with my quicker reading speed in general. All right, and to finish the episode today, I'm gonna talk about a couple of the links that I have in the description. None of this is sponsored, none of this is like affiliated or anything like that. I'm just linking some tools, some tips in the description. Relevant of li- relevanceofliterature.com slash notes under the show notes for this episode. So in terms of speed reading, I linked a couple of articles that get more into the science and the nitty gritty behind what speed reading is. A couple of things that jumped out to me in the articles um, were that I didn't mention in this episode were A, that it's less about individual words and more about phrases. This is what I was getting at when I said like, look for the very important words. A lot of times speed readers will just look at a phrase in its entirety rather than reading a line word by word. So that's important, again, because of the joint recognition of certain words or phrases while you're reading. And the second thing is that there's less sub-vocalization while you are speed reading than when you're reading normally. This essentially means that when you're speed reading, your brain is not parsing the words on the page into individual sounds. So you're not like hearing the text that you're reading in your brain. Um, And that's important because sub-vocalization is a lot more steps to go through for your brain when you're reading. And if you're eliminating parts of that process, you're able to read simply faster. That has sometimes, depending on who you are and how trained you are with speed reading, sometimes that has an impact on your memory. You're able to comprehend the text, which gets into the second link that I have on the show notes for this episode, which is a reading speed test and this measures not only your reading speed but your comprehension level. Be careful with these tests though because you might be uh, pressured a little bit to read faster than normal, to uh, have a little bit less comprehension than normal. The comprehension tests only have three questions so if you get one wrong you have a 67% comprehension which is not necessarily representative of your total comprehension for that text. Um, it's, not, it's representative of a very select uh, area of information from the text <clears throat> that is also oftentimes randomized so just be careful um, with not only the speed that you're reading on these tests but also with your interpretation of the results. And the last text that I link in the show notes, relevanceofliterature.com slash notes under the notes for this episode, is a couple of exercises that you can use to increase or improve your speed reading. For me, this is something that actually helped me a lot in music when I was trying to memorize music and learn how to... uh, process the information on the page but like more information on the page at a time like music is not just about like the notes and the tempo it's also about the different stylistic markings that the composer has written in um and that can change within the blink of an eye (laughs) uh sports so you know it's a lot about like interpreting as much information as possible and when you're in an orchestra it's not only the information on the page that you're processing but also the information from your fellow musicians and from the conductor. Um, So 
this these kinds of exercises almost remind me a little bit of how I trained uh, to become an orchestral musician, not only in college but before that, um, which is to take a text or take something to read that's familiar to you and to practice that. And so the tips on this website, and again, no affiliation whatsoever with it, uh, I just found it interesting considering my background in music but also with speed reading. Um, you take a text that you're familiar with, you read it at a normal speed, something that's very familiar to you over a set amount of time, say five minutes, and then you go back and read that text, but you start to read it as you read it over and over again, you start to read it differently. You start to read it faster, you start to look at certain types of information differently, again, looking at information that stands out on the page, looking at information that is very, very familiar, you know, sort of these. Um, connected phrases on the page and then you start to increase your reading speed of that passage using this timed technique with a lot of like rote memorization or rote uh, practice and it's sort of like almost a technique that you would use if you wanted to memorize the passage you just sort of start looking for um, those different key targets in that memorization uh, time frame. Also, if you want to improve your reading of new texts, like your fast reading of new texts, this is a really great exercise. If you, if you look at familiar texts and you get to know them really, really well, you get to know the text pattern that it uses, the different phrases, the different motifs, if you will, that it uses, then it will really, really help you when you approach new texts that are unfamiliar to you, um, how to approach them, what to look for, what types of um, different aspects are jumping out of the page. So I hope you enjoyed this episode about speed reading. Uh, this is something near and dear to me because I practiced speed reading for so long and uh, it was so, so important and useful to me at one point in my reading career. Uh, and now, even though I don't use it as much, it's still very much um, something that has helped me over time develop a faster and more comprehensive reading ability. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more from us, we've done everything from Shakespeare to Dracula. There really is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website at relevanceofliterature.com under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalog of episodes, as well as any current goings-on of our show. If you are looking for even more content, we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash relevanceofliterature. Thank you so much for your support, and we'll see you next time.